You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome back to Earth Station Trek, a show where we trek from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus or wherever else and everywhere in between. <laughs> I'm Charles Kelso, and it's my privilege to introduce the Earth Station Trek crew, Keith Johnson. Still here, haven't been canceled. Alan Seiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and Veronica Daschle. Hi. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Strange New Worlds episode, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. But first... Wait, I thought we were talking about it tonight. (laughs) Come back. Sorry. (laughs) And I I started to go creeps in this petty pace from day to day. Uh, Well, we we decided to forego our usual news and history segment. Well, we do have have one bit of news, though. Okay. (laughs) Prodigy was canceled. I know. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And, And also, this week in Trek history... Prodigy was canceled. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. This week will live in infamy. Yeah. I saw, I, I was watching television and working, and I saw Charles's Facebook post. And <laughs> I think uh, about the first one you said it was canceled. I said, wait, oh. am I reading this wrong? Because right. over on our sister network, ESO network, a few months ago, several months ago, Mike Favor had posted about how the show had already been renewed so early into the thing and everything was yeah. positive. It's what, coming this uh, winter. Yeah, I mean, what what happened? I mean, it was it was renewed for a second season before season one had finished broadcasting. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this is this has been. I mean, and they were fully in production. They were basically completed on season two. Right. There was still a little bit of post production to be done, but everything else was done. The animation was done. I'm, I'm guessing the animation was pretty much fully done. The voice work was done. I mean, on twenty episodes. Yeah. And there's already wow. been ads this winter with Dahl standing there in his uniform. <laughs> right. I mean, this wasn't even on my radar. It was a, this was a sucker punch. It, uh, it really was because you remember it wasn't even a month ago that uh, the TiVo screensaver screen had changed to a full Paramount, you know, landscape where Paramount basically took over the whole thing. And there were prodigy characters in it. Yeah. Rock talk was in it. I mean, so this is so new that, you know, they're still putting prodigy characters on their TiVo ads yeah. three, four weeks ago. The toys just came out last month. Right. <laughs> wow. I mean, this is Finally. insane. Yeah. Yeah. And this is literally not this is literally not one on the rumor mill. There's so many things where you hear the rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing. Nothing, yeah. Right. Nothing on the reveal. Not right. from the actors. Not from the showrunners. Not from inside people. Nothing at all. Right. Yeah. It, right. Right. And and not even that Prodigy is going to be concluding after season two, but that season two is get is not coming out. That season one's getting yanked. And I mean, it's already been yanked now. But at yeah. the time of announcement, it was like three days out. Yep. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, off off the site after promoting every Star Trek series, every episode for oh, a year. On. Hang on, let me get that up here. Right, boom. Every yeah. series, every episode. <laughs> yeah. And so they, you know, who can we get Paramount what, Plus for false advertisement? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Ooh. So you know, one of the CBS 
ex, you know, back when it was still CBS, one of the executives, when they were launching this uh, platform was like, this will be the home of Star Trek. We want it to be like year round Star Trek. There should not be a time of year when there's not a Star Trek property on the air. And we did get that for one year. Mm -hmm. And I'm just at a, an absolute loss over this entire situation. This is just bonkers. You know, guys, if you if you look at well, some of my posts and some of the Facebook groups, I say this a lot, and I know it comes off as kind of sort of naive, which is I still feel that the people who produce content for us should really give a crap about what we think. Mm. And of course, when especially you go out on the internet, there's always 10,000 people who get smart ass and say, well, it's it's a business. That's why they call it show business. I get it. I get yep. it. We all get it. It's all about profit. That's why Star Trek went from broadcast to streaming. But I'll tell you, things like this and some other stuff that's greatly been concerning me um, um, as also a result of Merge's Turner Classic Movies and what's being done to this. I think there's business and then there's business. And there are yeah. times where you know it's about a profit and there are times you really feel like they don't give a crap. But here's the thing. Yes, it is a business, but businesses mm -hmm. exist because of customers. Who are the customers for right. Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus, when it was CBS All Access, launched yeah. on the back of Star Trek. Absolutely. Nothing else that they were in any kind of meaningful way to get people to sign on to their fledgling service, except for Star Trek mm -hmm. and the promise of new Star Trek coming. Yeah. Right. Right. We were all subscribing to CBS All Access in 2017 when no one knew there was a CBS All Access. Yes. Right. You know? Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Because they said we're going to be the home of all Star Trek because they said things like we think that there should be Star Trek year round. And I'm like, well, buddy, I'm going to sign up for the $10 a month service because I want to help contribute to this stuff. I want to be part of making that Star Trek landscape that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm wound up tonight. Oh yeah. I've been wound up for days. <laughs> um, well, to get, to get to the heart of the matter, I didn't get time to research. Like I want, obviously the, 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 the generic thing and the truth is it's a business decision. Yeah. But what is the business decision? Can yes. someone explain to me what it means? How do you save money by yanking a product and not even allowing it to go to physical media? Well, um, that, I, that you've already paid for. Right. How that does you this have work? already, well, it's in the bank. My yeah. understanding is like CBS Studios produces the show. And so Paramount Plus, which are owned by the same parent company, but they're separate, they have okay. to pay CBS Studio for having it on on their on their platform. So yeah. by removing it, they're not having to pay to have it there anymore. It's kind of like internal wow. budgets right. in a company. Like, sure. Uh, I mean, I, well, it's two companies technically, but they're just owned by the same parent company. Right. But Who's the parent company now? Paramount Global. Okay. Oh, I cannot keep up. But then, I mean, I've I've read also that there's some kind of tax breaks they get when they remove okay. things from this. But I don't have a good understanding of that, so I don't want to talk a lot about that. But well, there, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a financial incentive to do it. Because right. that's what everybody does. And that's what the exactly. uh, that's that, what the behemoth that's called Max is doing over with HBO Max and Warner Brothers right. Discovery thing. They're, and that started over there where they didn't just cancel shows. They literally yanked them from the service. Right. And mm -hmm. some of them, like the, that, the soon to become legendary Batgirl movie, they yank it. Right. And then they, they, they don't even go put to that out. Right. And it doesn't even go to physical media. When they yank right. it, they yank yes. it like 
you never get to even own it. Right. What? How does Nickelodeon fit into this, though? Well, Nickelodeon was... That's okay. a very good question. Let me get some. Mm -hmm. We've got a stack of comments already. Okay. I bet. Um, and Welcome. and right. Um, and Nick comes up in that. So Clarence Brown, our buddy who uh, runs Discussing Trek, great podcast. They do a live show every week, like we do. Go watch it. It's fabulous. He's missing Prodigy already. Michael Phillips says, in retrospect, perhaps we should have seen it coming, given that the same thing happened with Discovery. Originally, we were getting season five at its regular time, and then suddenly it was canceled. Mm -hmm. Clarence agrees with something that you said, Michael. Oh, I guess that thing that, that Michael just said. Yes. Chad Colvin says, hey, Chad, nice to have you watching. Since Prodigy was a co-production between Paramount Plus and Nickelodeon, I wonder if it's the Nick ratings that are part of this. I heard Nick's overall ratings were dropping substantially since COVID hit. And I think that's the case with a lot of these uh, platforms. It's a lot of stuff got dumped into providing content during COVID, and now there's less market for it. Right. Also, I blame uh, Zaslav for the write-off strategy. Okay, Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And then finally, Michael Phillips says, I think it must have been purely a financial decision. Maybe their balance sheets are bleeding red everywhere and we just don't know it. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I they think, are. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, yeah. Are when, they are when they do these mega mergers yeah. because they absolutely lose money and that's and, and these buyouts. And that's the thing. Well, if you read any an analysis, like articles mm -hmm. about Paramount Plus, it's not good. Mm -hmm. they're, no. they're not in good shape. And I, I'm not a, in that in that industry, but I read it yeah. just out of, out of interest. Uh, uh -huh. Things are not good, but my, my, I mean, my thought was, and this came up on our Facebook group as well, that sure, maybe the, the show's underperforming, maybe Nick pulled out. I don't know. Right. But I mean, we're going into a year coming off a writer's strike where there's going to be light content and that they're just going to take 20 episodes. That's 20 week of material from their big franchise yeah. and just chunk it. Yeah. I mean, we might just get prodigy next year. We don't know how long strange new worlds or lower decks are going to be delayed, but those 10 episodes of discovery. That's what I meant was discovery might, might be the only thing that they've got star Trek related out next year for all we know. Right. So at this point we have, we have one season of discovery. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Lower decks is still on the table. You know, it's mm -hmm. next season is, is coming. And we, as right. far as we know, there's no cancellation. Right. in line for it and we have strange new worlds so once discovery ends we have two shows right now we know that there's un unless something changes we know that there's a starfleet academy show that's in development mm -hmm. you know at whatever stage of development it is i don't know but that right. that seems like it was set up in last season of discovery so that seems like it's possibly you know going to happen right. and then we have the michelle yo movie the section 31 movie section 31 yeah the one yeah. shot but all they have filmed or or produced so far is that the current season of strange new worlds we're watching yeah. and the season of lower decks is coming up and then the fifth season of discovery which is supposed yeah. to be out next year now after right. that everything is on hold so it's yes, not exactly. for 2024 it might just be those 10 weeks of discovery and right. i mean they've built like you said before their their subscriber base I don't know the numbers, but it's got to be a lot of Star Trek fans because that's exactly. been their big content for six years. So I mean, exactly like Veronica and I, for the past two years, we've just signed up for Paramount Plus. We pay the year in advance because there's been Star Trek on a year. 
But our renewal mm-hmm. comes up in March and we're going to have to look at it. Like, is there going to be content that we want for a year's worth? Or are we just subscribing month to month until Star- while Star Trek's on? Yeah. Right, right. Um, Michael Phillips says that acquiring Showtime might have been a higher priority for them than keeping their Trek promises. Huh? I, I think sure. that's I think that's clear that yeah. that is the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the crazy Bar- thing is with the Showtime, because they have Showtime now, they're upping their prices by like $20 a month. Yes, yeah, 20%. Or tw- yeah, they're upping their prices by 20%. And yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's the cost of Showtime subscription. So why, eh, you're basically forcing Showtime on us. Oh, yes. Well, or you can go the ad version and not have to get Showtime. Exactly. Um, Clarence says, I hate to say it, but Showtime absolutely does not keep me around. Plus it's price tiered. So the majority of folks won't even get it. Right. I, I am interested in Showtime mainly because there's a whole lot of music documentaries that I really want to watch. So I'll at least keep it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, is there a year's worth of them? I don't know. I don't <laughs> you think know? So. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder if the, us who've already like, paid mm-hmm. for next year with the merger or are we going to get showtime even though we haven't paid more or do we have to wait till our renewal to get our showtime access Who i don't knows? know it started this week but i think i think yeah. i saw a thing pop up for yellow jackets on ours already but mm-hmm. i haven't yeah i haven't spent a lot of time on paramount plus to be honest with you <laughs> in, the, in the past few days i mean they, they do also have the back catalog of Star mm-hmm. but i mean this came up on my personal facebook page in a discussion i don't need them for that yeah. I've got so many copies of Star Trek episodes around here. Like I've got <laughs> copies of audio versions of the TOS episodes on my phone. <laughs> you know, like wow. I, I've got, I've got a lot of like the 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 new the new Paramount Plus stuff with audio description. I've got those audios downloaded to my phone so I can listen to them like an audio drama. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't need to subscribe for you to Paramount Plus to be able to watch Star Trek. I was thinking about why this bothers me as much as it bothers me, because as I said, so many people will tell me as if I'm being naive, well, Keith, this business has always been business. And I get that. But I thought about this and I think what it really boils down to this. Ever since I've been watching Star Trek as a child, the original series, TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and Enterprise, I hate to go here, but it was broadcast television. I didn't have to pay for it. Now, business reality. Yeah, because you, if you look at the original series, you will notice when at the end credits, it would say a Gulf plus Western company. There was a mm-hmm. sale in the middle of all that. And everybody knows the original Star Trek was from Desilu, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball studio. So these things happen and it turns over. Um, you might remember that the United Paramount Network, UPN, was launched on the back of Voyager, mm-hmm, along yeah. with a bunch of other crappy shows that they claim was going to give diversity to black people like Homeboys in Outer Space and uh, The Secret Life <laughs> of Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> But the point of all this, yes, seriously. I watched Homeboys in Outer Space. I had to. (laughs) Oh my God, it was Outer Space. It was Outer Space Pizza Delivery. Seriously, Veronica. And so this is not the first time Paramount has screwed people and it didn't live up to its promise. But the difference is, and I really have thought about this, the difference is back then it was on broadcast and I wasn't paying for it. Like you guys were saying, I wasn't having to allocate it in the budget. Back then, I have, I I got into discussion with somebody online about this. I know everybody says, blah, 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 you know, give up your Starbucks coffee and stuff like that. I have friends and family who literally can't afford to pay for as much cable as I pay for. I'm right. blessed to be able to mm-hmm. pay for some streaming. They have to make a decision. And, you know, some people say, oh, it's only $10 a month. You can afford that. I got, I know people who they got to get the light. They got to mm-hmm. keep their lights on and yeah. they have yeah. to make that decision. And I think that's why it hurts more. You know, yeah. I have people who they just can't sit down and enjoy a new Star Trek. Right. And then if they do sacrifice, something like this happens. Yeah. It, right. just, it, it just feels 
personal almost in a strange way. And Discovery came up earlier. And yes, it was disappointing that Discovery is being cut short. It wasn't originally planned to end after season five, but they went back and did reshoots. It's going to have a resolution. They're airing the episodes and it's had four seasons already, plus this next one. So that stings less than what they did to Prodigy. Because yes. Prodigy, right. they just ripped off the ripped off the streaming platform, so you can't see it. I mean, half of the episodes that have been released aren't even on physical media at this point. We don't know no. if it's coming, and we don't. And they've got twenty episodes that got basically chunked in the in the drawer, unless they can sell it somewhere else. And and that's exactly why you know they've been saying, and mainly the the production team has been saying that they're going to uh-huh. shop this around to mm-hmm. other platforms. That's what makes me think that maybe there is a sale in the works that we don't know about because why else would they yank this the way that they did? Why would they not ever release a physical media of, of any of it that's been produced? It seems so sudden. It just seems like there's got to be another layer to this. Well, that we aren't quite privy to. Right. It happened right before their merge with Showtime. Then days. Then I, my understanding too, is that their fiscal year is up in June. Which is when my company at, work, at my job, our fiscal yeah. year is up in June as well. So Same. that's not Same here. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think at the very least, CBS Studios is going to be highly motivated to shop this around and get it sold. If nothing else, mm-hmm. just to recoup some of their investment, they've already put right. a lot of money into this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, at the very least, so season two will become available yeah. in some format. I think. Right. I think getting season three would be a lot longer shot. Do you know what's mm-hmm. really Definitely. ironic? Do you know what's ironic? A couple of years ago, do you know who we would all know would buy a show like this immediately? Netflix. In a streaming service? Netflix. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Amazon <laughs> Prime might go. If I owned yeah. one, I would think, I mean, it's a very high quality show. Yes. It's, I mean, a great, like, a lot of great morals in the show is really good for families, I think. And yes. it's from like a big recogniz- recognizable IP. So I, I think that it's got a, a good chance of at least getting season two out there. It truly got better because I went back and looked at my own notes from the first episode. Mm-hmm. And as people know, I am less I'm less enamored of the Star Trek Abrams first than others. Right. And I remember my first notes were like, eh, I can feel the Abrams first universe. I can feel the Star Wars thing. And I, I always knew I'd like it. But I remember even saying on the show, I don't know how much I would get engaged in the show. Right. Every single episode got better than the yeah. one before. Yeah. Every I mean, single episode. I mean, our we put our we recorded our opinions episode by episode so yeah i mean folks are welcome to go back and listen i mean we weren't all in the first episode we thought it looked good right. it had potential right. but it didn't feel very star trekky at first and yeah. it just right got, we just got more and more into it as it went along i think it just became a really great show and i think that i don't know i think this is the, one of the big missed opportunities in star trek history yeah because oh, man. i think that prodigy the, the potential that show had after one season i think absolutely uh, they're missing out I saw yeah. a Facebook post where somebody showed a picture of uh, the CGI of Chakotay and said, well, I guess he'll never be rescued or he'll still be stranded or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, I saw one that was Admiral Janeway saying, I'm coming, Chakotay. And then it was the Paramount <laughs> logo over Captain Shaw saying no. <laughs> That's awesome. They, they, they made, I think they made a mistake. Yeah, angering all the Star Trek fans days before their big media blitz for um, the Showtime merger because their comments on Twitter have just been filled with Trekkies and angry, angry Trekkies. (laughs) Right? I mean, well, but you know, a couple of years. Sorry, Paramount Plus has a history of doing stupid stuff. I don't, I don't know how they haven't figured this out yet. Mm -hmm. I I mean, baffling. 
Right. From little things like putting Spock's name on a poster at San, San Diego Comic-Con to like right, literally right after they did the big promotion of, you know, all Trek, all series, all everything, leasing the movies wow. off to somebody else for yes. six months or whatever it was. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just a pattern with them. And I, no wonder they're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I just don't get this. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's an accumulation because, again, you have fans who are upset that everything went behind a paywall. But at least at one point, everything that was in existence at the time was on Netflix. Then there was the whole CBS All Access and people like, oh, I got to pay for this. Then there's the whole thing about some of the shows that get released in the United States or Europe, but not both at the same time. Then you move from CBS All Access to Paramount. And I I am talking to people like, I can't keep up anymore. I'm just done. No, no, no. Of course not. All of this stuff. Yeah. Right. And so far, you know, I think that the intention had seemed to be, you know, to Mm -hmm. do this broadcast a year or whatever after. And so far, I think only disco season one has been on CBS proper. Right. I don't think that season two ever was. And I don't think any of the other shows ever were either. So they're not doing anything with this stuff. I mean, they're just kind of like producing this content and expecting people to come to them. Right. Without really doing, I mean, now they, I will say they have released like full episodes and one full season on youtube mm-hmm. so that's something yeah and they're they're using like pluto tv they'll, yes, they'll, yeah. they'll use their free platform and they'll put yes. episodes out there in that way which i think is good i mean that's that that's good yeah. but um i mean i would hate to see prodigy dumped on tubi or pluto tv or something i think it deserves better than that yeah. agreed agreed um Charles, just two you... last but I was going to say quick, and Charles, you had posted too that the that it was uh, the DVD or Blu-rays were selling out mm-hmm. online. Yeah, for the oh, yeah, because Trekkie's been swamping them. Amazon's back in stock now, but for mm-hmm. several days there, it was like Amazon, Best Buy, Target, Barnes and wow. Noble. They were where Trekkies were buying out all their stock. Um, wow, which is good. And I mean, I I got one as soon as I heard because I was like, well, mm-hmm. screw you guys. And I and I, I I bought a set of the toys that I hadn't bought the toys yet. But a lot of folks hadn't bought that Blu-ray set. I hadn't bought it the first half of the season because I was waiting to see if there was going to be a full season set. Right. Because they'll right. do that. They'll double dip, and then I got to buy the first mm-hmm. half twice. Right. But I mean, it doesn't look like that's going to be the, now. Now that I bought it, now they'll put the whole season out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Two quick last comments. Michael mm-hmm. Phillips says, at least having Showtime enabled me to watch the brilliant Michelle Yeoh in everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Although, wasn't that on Disney? Yeah, wasn't that on, was. on Disney Plus? It was on something on, else because I had it. It was on something else because I had it yeah. available. Um, and Vandy Beth Glenn, hi, Vandy Beth, says, Vandy I just Beth. checked and both seasons of Yellow Jackets are now on Paramount Plus. Yes. Yeah. Um, all the all the Showtime stuff shows up on mine. Yeah. Um, I don't know if what the billing is like, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not against Showtime in no. principle. I, I just am subscribing to Paramount Plus because I want to watch Star Trek. Yeah. Exactly. I don't care about Showtime, but I'm not against it. I agree. Right. So, um, in the final analysis, is there any kind of realistic rumor about anybody that might buy them? Nothing. Not yet, no. Right. Nothing. Every, everything from everything from the creators is just you know be positive, keep trying, and I mean. For the fans, I think the big thing is just keep making noise. So if, yes. if people are looking at what the prodigy numbers and social media engagement and stuff looks like, the, they'll see something. <laughs> right. You know? 
There are online petitions that have started. People yeah. are signing actually. It's up this, like twenty five thousand now. Tw- it is wow. yes. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 crappy thing about this is that this was um, Star Trek, the television franchise's first push into the youth market. Mm. Right. And it's something that has been needed for decades. And that's yeah. where Star Wars trumps tre- Trek in mm. all things. Yeah. Like yeah. they get kids engaged and mm-hmm. Star Trek does not. And it's a shame that... I mean, and it was it was a good move for them to partner with Nickelodeon and to make it available in somewhere other than just their own streaming platform. Like right. mm-hmm. children will come to us because of Prodigy. They won't. No. So it was nice that at least it was had that partnership with Nickelodeon so that they had some reach into that market. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. you look at what the Clone Wars and what Star Wars Rebels have done for Star Wars. Right. I mean, now, I mean, they're they're pulling characters from those shows for the live action shows on Disney Plus. Like, I think Ahsoka, like almost everybody from Rebels is on there in live action. Basically, yes, everyone is. You know, and I can't wait. And the Mandalorian pulls a lot from Rep from yeah. uh, from Clone Wars. I mean, it's and Bad Batch. I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, at this, I mean, this show could have fed Star Trek for years. I yes. think. If they could have marketed it, I don't, I mean, I watch it. I've seen the show. I don't see how you can't sell it to kids or sell it to Trekkies because it's very much to me appeals should appeal to both. Yes. But I mean, maybe don't air it five weeks at a time at different times of the year. Oh maybe that was start. the dumbest thing ever, <laughs> you know, or maybe keep it on a time slot in Nickelodeon. I don't give it time to grow. It's just right. the whole thing is very frustrating. I feel like they fumbled the ball with it. And then like, well, this ball's broken. And it stormed off, you know, right. when it's not the ball's fault. Like you're, I don't feel like they can, they know what they have. And I mean, you look at the success that from mining nineties Trek nostalgia, Picard just had. And I mean, right. I mean, Prodigy's perfect for that because you can revisit all the same characters, but 15 years earlier when they're not senior citizens yet, they're all in their prime. We could have seen Worf as captain of the enterprise and found out what happened there. We could have right. seen the lead up to the Romulan supernova. We could have seen ambassador Spock again. Uh, but, I mean, they've got a great guy playing him in the video games. Now. I mean, you could, any character from the nineties you mentioned, and they all could have been on the yes. show like Janeway was as active characters. And yes. I just think it's a huge missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's sad. I wonder, I was thinking that Anson Mount a few years ago, when he was in a failed TV show, The Inhumans, playing Black Bolt, and then turned around and got what he thought was kind of like a guest spot as Pike. Mm-hmm. No, that he was going to end up anchoring what was left of the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Right. Well, speaking of that, let's let's make the turn and go talk about Strange New Worlds. Hey, segue. Th- thank you for that, Keith. So, if you're listening to the audio <laughs> podcast, we'll take a quick break and promote a fellow ESO Network podcast show. But don't go away because when we come back, we'll be talking about Strange New Worlds tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow. After a long wait, new Doctor Who is on its way. We're gearing up to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the show with a brand new Doctor. Let's welcome Shudi Gatwa as the 14th Doctor. Um, no. Shudi is the 15th Doctor. David Tennant is the 14th Doctor. Wait, wait, wait. I thought David Tennant was the 10th Doctor. Okay, I'm confused. Confused? Well, your friends here at the Earth Station Who podcast are here to help you through all your Doctor Who questions. Check us out wherever fine podcasts are found. Spoiler, 
Whoop, spoiler, whoop, spoiler. I was wondering how long that was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to give people time to leave if they don't want to hear spoilers. Right, exactly. right. Yeah. Throw their phone out the window. Gravitational waves. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get too far into tomorrow, 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 I, I think, I mean, I think the writers have given Christina Chong a real difficult position, or at least made it hard to talk about her because every aspect of Lon Nooney and Singh's character, it seems like it's wrapped up in some sort of big, you know, canon controversy with the Gorn, right. with Kirk, with Khan. And so every conversation yes. with her, you get sucked into this continuity black hole. So right. before we get too far into it, I think we should talk a little about Christina Chong's performance and and about her character sort of separate yeah. from the continuity issues and make sure that we address that before we spend half an hour arguing <laughs> about the canon of Star Trek. <laughs> but I think she's great. I think she's doing a great job. She, she's got a lot of range this week. Yeah. When she came onto the show, and I had nothing against her, I thought that she was a little cliched. She was, you know, the angry person. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. We've seen it so many times. Ensign Rowe, Kira Norris. We've seen the angry person. But as you said, she has a range. They've softened her a little bit. They've allowed her to become friends with people on the crew. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I I personally completely dislike the fact that she's she's Nunian Singh, but she's a good actress, and I like her. And she holds my attention when she's on screen. Mm -hmm. And she really is doing a good job of being tough as nails and at the same time trying to open herself up to people. So as far as the character development, I like it. But as you say, I have huge issues with continuity, but that's a whole (laughs) other discussion. (laughs) But I, I really like her as an actress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and just as a character who, you know, she deals mm-hmm. with this big thing from her heritage that she's that she's found shameful and had been per- felt persecuted about and so forth, and then this episode right. having to go back and sort of face it, uh, but also seeing a version of the world where that could be taken away. And, I mean, dealing with someone uh, in Kirk this episode who didn't see her that way because yeah. it was sort of separate yeah. from that context. I thought those were really good turns for the character. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that she's doing a great job. I thought I thought she was fantastic in this episode. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely. was. She was very much lighter because she didn't feel like she was being judged. Mm. Uh, I, I think and <laughs> I, that gave her a lot more room to play with what she can do. Sure, yeah. She didn't seem as rigid when yeah. she was back. No, in not at all. I do have a question that people have talked about, and I guess it's a, it's a real true question because it's happened in real life. If your last name were Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, right. Pol Pot, Dahmer, would you pass that name down through generations or would you change it? Because right. a lot of, um, you know, we've had a discussion and we talked about before how a lot of um, a lot of Germans and German Jews who left Europe came to America. They changed their name or they changed how they pronounced it, especially Germans. Mm-hmm. So that it didn't sound as quote unquote German during the times of, you know, the fascism. Yeah. I'm wondering why you carry Nunian Singh as your last name. Yeah. Right. Because that, right. You know, yeah. Yeah, if you if you don't want that that stigma hanging over your head, why did right. you double down by keeping that name going into service with that name? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point, last, Keith. Thank you. Last week we just talked about passing. Yeah. And I got you know, I got on my moral high horse and said, you know, I w- if I could, I would never pass this white. I would never do it. And then this week I'm like, I don't know. I'd tell him to change my last name to Clark or Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> to deal with this. So there goes my moral high horse. <laughs> yeah. That is a wow. great comparison, Keith. That, that is, is fantastic. Good job. Thank you. Ooh. 
All right. Well, let's let's dive into some of the continuity black holes then, because oh, this episode is comprised of them. <laughs> oh boy, where do you want to start? <laughs> well, I'll start with you know I, I've said on the podcast before that I I thought I think it's silly to to feel like you have to move the date of the eugenics wars because obviously it didn't happen. You move it to 2040. Well, guess what? Right. 2040 is going to come, and hopefully it's still not going to happen. So then you're right. just moving the problem downfield. But I actually really liked the way they handled it in this episode. Hmm. Um, because it was an alternate timeline. I liked that you know she had this little spiel about how you know it was supposed to happen 30 years ago. People, there's a temporal cold war, and people keep interfering it and trying to prevent it and trying to stop it, and it just keeps moving. But I thought that worked because I mean, yeah, yeah, like when when the the eugenics wars have been inconsistent since they were introduced. Originally, absolutely, the eugenics wars were the last of our so-called world wars, and they were. Related to selective breeding, not genetic right. manipulation the way we think of it now. It was like a selective breeding, like actual eugenics programs yes, that led right. to this final world war. But right. I mean, every time that the late 20th or early 21st century is described in Star Trek, it's different. It's inconsistent. And now we actually have a reason for that. <laughs> you know, we're seeing you know, people messing with the timeline and just the facts get different. The, the, the casualties and the dates and things like that. just change. You know what? That's brilliant because I didn't put that together. Yeah. And that I, that I'm OK with that. That makes sense. I think that's cool. Um, there was a novel. I don't know if you or Alan read it, but there was a novel that came out years and years ago. And I think you guys know about it. It's the one where they tried to say the eugenics war was actually things like Islamic terrorism and stuff. And it oh, was yeah. All that stuff that was kind of fought behind the scenes and politically right. and ideologically, not a true world war. Right. Um, I don't know if that book ever even came close to trying to get it right. But I, I kind of like It's that. a good book by Greg Cox. Mm-hmm. And there was there was okay. two of them. And they're followed by a book called Terrain in Hell, which is about Khan on SETI Alpha 5. But um, th- uh, they were good books, but also yeah. not consistent with yeah. the episode. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Well, I, well, I'm okay with that part. Actually, I got to scratch out the notes I wrote in here. I'm still sick of the temporal Cold War. But that would kind of make sense because, as you said, if we're going to deal with the fact that we that Khan didn't rule one quarter of the surface of the Earth in 1992, yeah. 1996, as far as I know, then, yeah, I guess maybe you do need to move it or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I, I like that. I mean, if they had just said, you know, the eugenics works took place in the 2040s and I just right. asserted that that would have really bothered me because that's obviously not what they yeah. said in the original series. But the fact that yeah. they wrote it into the story that it mm-hmm. has the date has changed. Well, fine. <laughs> there, there is a temporal cold war. That's a thing from Star Trek. That's true. I am a little because what you said, Charles, earlier about that that's a very good point that the eugenics war was selective breeding like the Vulcans mm-hmm. do not true genetic manipulation. Right. They also talked about how this was something like scientists who seem to have uh, have done this across the world. Right. So I did wonder why is a, a Sikh Khan in Canada? Uh, <laughs> why is he being grown in Canada? And how does he get from there to Southeast Asia and take over yeah, <laughs> a quarter well, of the surface of the earth? That's yeah. weird. Right. Well, I also, I mean, they describe him as a Sikh in the original series and he doesn't have a beard. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I think yeah. Sikhs have beards. But um, yeah, I mean, well, what do we think of Kirk? <laughs> okay. Let me get him out of the way. You go ahead, Keith. Because, uh, well, because I, I belly about this for months and I'm just going to get it out of the way. I, I, I cannot express how strongly that I think James Kirk does not belong in this series. Just in right. the well, story. I, but, I, I'm, I'm irritated. But outside of that, honestly, because I always try to take my personal feelings out. Mm-hmm. I, and then some people said they didn't want a Kirk imitator. He's not. No. I honestly don't think he needs to be Jim Kirk for the story I re- watched today to work. 
right. think making him Kirk just it did nothing for me. His character, that actor, could have been a completely different character, and I would have bought him. I don't think he needed to be Jim Kirk. So he's he, kind of a non-entity for me. He is a completely different character, mm-hmm. except yeah, except that they call him Kirk. Yeah, correct. I, you know, people made a big deal about this at the end of season one, and uh-huh. the explanation was, well, this is an alternate, you know, version of Kirk. So it's not going to be the same. Well, we essentially get an alternate version of Kirk here too. So mm-hmm. if they're going to do Kirk Duke in the Kirk. movies, I never mm-hmm. had any trouble buying Chris Pine as Kirk. Mm-hmm. I think that he really got the character. Right. Agreed. I just don't find Kirk in this series. Yeah. At I all. either. I feel like and, we're doing I, that intentionally. Well, I th- I think it's the I think I think it's Paul Wesley's physicality. I think it I have is. a hard time finding Kirk in the way he moves, the way he looks. Just and this is not a criticism of the way he looks or anything like that. Yeah. But I think he's written very well. I, I like the way they're writing Kirk. Yeah. I just I don't think that he his physicality he just doesn't feel like Kirk to me. Um, I agree. Know, what, so, what I found. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brian. So I was. We were watching something else with William Shatner before Star Trek mm. when he was like super baby young. Like he was, he, he looked super young in the first season of Star Trek, but this was, was that, like, was it that Twilight Zone episode we were watching? Probably. It was, a Twilight, that, it was probably a Twilight Zone episode. Or, or but looking or anything, was it? No, it wasn't that far back. Um, okay. But I could see the resemblance between the two. With Paul Wesley? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I don't. But I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not familiar enough with Kirk's physicality to put the two together. Here's the thing that I felt again, because like I said, I honestly, you know, my feelings about Kirk and to show it all aside. When I watched Wesley, and I made a note. I said he was trying to play Kirk. He kept furrowing his brow, and he kept sitting a certain way. He was coming off like somebody trying to portray a military officer, and I noticed it. Mm. However, ironically, when he relaxed and actually, this is so weird, and did stuff that irritated the hell out of me, like not knowing how to go through a turn door, a turn store door, <laughs> and, and joking about the hot dogs, to what you said earlier, Alan, I was like, oh, I like the character, but it's not Kirk. So be whatever that character is. And I'm right, like, hey, yeah. rename him to something else. I was fine with him as yeah. long as I kept not thinking him as Kirk, which is right. weird. And and th- that point about the revolving door, when you see it in mm. the trailer, your first reaction is, but he grew up on Earth. So how could he not know what a revolving door <laughs> is? Because he says, I'm from space. But at least in the episode, when you finally see the episode, he this mm-hmm. version of Kirk was not ever on Earth. He was mm-hmm. born on the USS Iowa. In <laughs> no, that was funny. Yeah, it yeah. was, and so I thought that was a good job of covering their their tracks on that one. But I just, I just don't just yeah. just call him something else. Amen to that. Because yeah, okay. even even the time travel thing, you know, because yeah. what you just said, Alan, you made a very good point. I kept saying if I could just forget he's Kirk, it was fascinating for yeah. an alternate reality where starship captains are born on ships because Earth was jacked by the Romulans. Yeah. And, you know, as you know, there's all kinds of science fiction novels. I can't remember one. I think it was called The Moat in God's Eye or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's, um, but it's a whole thing, and it's a whole theory about 
if there are intelligent races out there, as you probably heard, why do we never hear from them? Because they don't want competition. And I've read books where as soon as the society thinks you're going to come out into space, they don't do first contact. They bomb you out of existence just to get you out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so I love that. I love that alternate timeline. And I'm like, wow, he grew up on a starship because Earth has been devastated. Awesome stuff. But then he's supposed to be Kirk. Right. Okay. So Michael Phillips says, I was annoyed Michael. that they jettisoned the entire main cast to bring in Kirk after two Pike Light episodes in a row. Agreed. I guess they must think that fans are itching to see Paul Wesley again. I don't get it. And we already had several on heavy episodes last season. More Una, more Pike, please. Now, we, we I think everybody knows at this point that the production on season two kind of coincided with uh, Anson Mount's baby being born. So he's essentially right. on paternity leave. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all at the front of the season. So right, his right. absence is very much which noticeable. I don't get like, you don't have to film them in order. Right. <laughs> you know, like film a pie heavy one and put it up front. Right. Yeah. You might have to, because of availability of guest artists or something that like that be. but still yeah. i mean come on yeah you gotta have your star of your show leading <laughs> off the season yeah. because a lot of what i like about strange new worlds is anson mount of course anson mount is a huge part of the charm of the show yeah. and michael to answer your other question it's very very obvious but it's true um when the um when amazon came out with the rings of power series and anybody who knows tolkien knows that officially no hobbit like creature should be in this series and the creator said, end of story, we cannot do a series without hobbits in the story. And they just convinced themselves they had to have hobbit-like creatures, and they convinced them failed. The fans wanted hobbits. And so to answer your question, Michael, this is the bottom line. James Kirk is arguably the single most popular character in the franchise. I've read interviews with Akiva Gold, um, Goldsman and others, and they honestly feel that Kirk is a draw, that he has to be there. And they think there's a significant number of fans who will just flock to the show because James T. Kirk is in the show. And the same for La'an, because she's Snoonian Singh. They honestly think that these people are draws, right. and they have to have them. Doesn't work right. for me, but that's what they feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is a Facebook user who says his name rhymes with Phil the Pond. I don't know who this is. Um, is a little lost because he doesn't know what show we're talking about. So then he world. discovered... Uh, oh. That it must be a series that he hasn't seen. I'm guessing this is Strange New Worlds. It's behind yeah. the paywall, isn't it? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> yes. You missed so, our yes. first, the first half of our conversation about that paywall. Right. Yeah. So t- <laughs> today's episode uh, is the third episode of season two of Strange New Worlds, and that mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. That's right. But you and, can see all of season one on YouTube. And he says it's still fun listening to you all. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And, and as Veronica says, you can watch all of season one of Strange New Worlds on uh, the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So please and, do that because it's a great show. And the yeah. season two premiere they put on there as well. Oh yeah, that's oh, true. Nice, yeah. nice. Yes, Which I'm sure is for a limit. That. I'm sure it's for a limited time. So I would. Check oh, it's Bill Lemond. Oh. oh, now I got it. Okay, maybe it's maybe he pronounces his name Lamond. That must be it, because he says it rhymes with Phil the Pond. So okay. it must be Bill Lamont. Well, hi, Bill. Thank you so yeah. much for joining hi. us. That's cool. Yay. Yes. Up, okay. Sorry. So what else do we want to nitpick about? I, I thought there was a lot of elements of this episode that felt reminiscent of Picard season two, but I thought yeah. were better executed here. For one, they didn't last eight episodes. 
but right. also, um, you know, there was a there was a lot of similarities. A time traveling Romulan involved, and there was a yeah. car chase with the cops. And which, speaking of which, Canadian cops are kind of pushovers. Dude, no what, kidding. What was that? Come on. <laughs> no, no license. Oh, we'll let you go to war and this time. You know, you don't have your license. I left even though your pants. Even though you're driving recklessly and and almost hitting yes. people and in a stolen you know, car. Oh my god, it was so stupid. In a stolen car. And then exactly. Like like the day after a terrorist attack, just bribe your way past the border guard twice into, yeah. <laughs> across the across into into the U.S. out of the country. Like you'd think everything would be on lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. as far as cars go, I wrote in my note the only person who realistically drove a car was James Kirk in a piece of the action because there's no right. way somebody from space didn't know how to drive a dang car like that. Then right. at one point he was backing it up and looking over his shoulder and like, yeah, seriously. I mean, starships and cars, it's not quite, it's kind of a no, trope. Definitely not the same. Well, I thought they kind of, <laughs> I thought they did a good job of splitting the difference between elements of the Kelvin versus Kirk and elements of the prime Kirk. Cause you had the little, yeah. a little bit where he's having trouble driving the car, like a piece of the action, but also you have him driving a sports car like he did in yeah. 2009 and things like that. But I did, I did really like when Kirk was uh, hustling chess to make money. Yeah. How like many games of chess <laughs> did he play to make that much money? To get that hotel room? That's a lot of games of chess. Yes. Come on. <laughs> also, I, mean, I yeah, these, I agree, are old, these are old dudes in the park. Come on. <laughs> also, I agree, Alan. I also wrote, well, he, be, he better be glad that was Canada, because if he hustled that many people in New York, he probably got jacked by somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Just, just truthfully. I have a quick a question, because uh, I'm a little confused about this, and I've seen this on online a lot. Does Laon have augment powers and abilities or no? Not that she's I, ever demonstrated. Yeah. No, okay. I don't think so. Because they, because even in the flashback when they said previously on Star Trek, they said some stuff the way she was talking as if she had augment abilities. Well, and I think people online are confused about that. Yeah, I think let's uh, they phrased it last week that she was concerned that like they would manifest or something. That was the impression that I got, but I don't remember what it yeah. would be. Um, yeah, which which is weird because how could she be in Starfleet if that's even a possibility? Because right, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, her, so far as we know, her DNA has never been augmented. She's just descended mm-hmm. from people who were augmented. So I think right. I don't think it's illegal to have ancestors who have augmented <laughs> DNA. You know what I mean? Wow. I don't. Yeah. I don't know for sure. Boy, that's yeah. a fine line. That's right. Fine line. <laughs> it, right. It kind of feels like maybe they're leading up to she actually is, but she doesn't yeah. know it. And, and the reaction that she has when she learns that she is, I mean, I yeah. really don't want them to keep going down this route. You know, I, I, I want, I, I want to get back to just fun, yeah. you know, standalone episodes and just go forward. I mean, I don't mind um, character development and stuff like that, but I, f- I feel like we've got enough of Laon to really have a handle on her. Let's get to some of the others. Hmm. Yeah, the show felt, and this is weird, the show felt light to me in that it wasn't one of the better time travel stories. Right. Um, I felt that that attraction they had felt rushed because it was kind of weird. Like after a couple hours, they were giving each other Google eyes. I thought that was a little yeah. strange. Uh, right. I just didn't buy that. And then I think, and when, when you don't love a show, you, you can start looking at stuff that was, you know, kind of like that doesn't make sense. When they were in that facility, and I wrote in my notes, this is a facility that has both a cold fusion reactor and genetic engineering research. And I counted three guards when the alarms went off. And, <laughs> and that lady, that Romney lady shot them all. And it was going, dude, 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 dude. 
and it went on yeah. and on, and there were no guards. Like, where the hell? And yeah. Also, that, guys, forgive me. I'm nitpicking. I know it, but this, I, I had to say <laughs> this. Ahead. When when Lahan put her handprint on that door, that door stayed green for like five minutes. Yes, have that's you, true. Have you ever saw, Have you ever used a, an identity card on the door that stays green? For that? <laughs> right. so I, that's what I like. When you were saying, Alan, I was kind of losing. I was like, okay, I know enough about Lahan. So then I'm just nitpicking everything at that point. So I on a go ahead, Keith. I mean, uh, no, I was done. No, I was just gonna say I did like that sign, and I wanted to read the rest of it. It'd be like giant spiders that way, you know, death rays this way. <laughs> right. <laughs> on a on a completely different track from what we're talking about. Uh, what did you think of uh, her going and finding Pelia, and what we see of Pelia at this point in her lifespan? I I, I feel like that's two separate things that I have opinions on. On the one that's hand. Fine. Do them it. going to find Pelia was like extraordinarily convenient, but also I feel like Vermont's yeah. way far away from Toronto. Like that's a solid you. drive. Like Thank that's you. a couple of days back and forth, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I've never yeah. driven it, but I feel like that's like driving from here to Orlando or something. You know, <laughs> right. like I feel like that's a ways that you couldn't just you have to go there, like stay the night, get back, um, with a ticking clock going on. Yes. Assuming right. that yes. you can locate Pelia, that she has the same name four hundred years and ago. They and they apparently checked multiple universities first. Yeah. Right, right. I I thought that was a little contrived. Yeah. And um, and and uh, I gotta say this because this, okay, this was bad. This is like the worst science I've ever seen. And let me just tell you this for a fact: if a building emits enough radiation for the hands on a wristwatch to glow, <laughs> that whole city is dead. Everybody <laughs> is dead. <laughs> you are dead. Radiation does not work that way. That was literally the worst science I think I've ever seen in Star Trek. It's just does it cannot work that way. It cannot. You literally for a watch for those watch hands because I used to have my dad used to have. Remember back in the day before we knew radiation was that bad. I don't know if you guys remember, but my dad had a glow in the dark watch with radioactive material mm-hmm. on the watch dial. That stuff is painted on the dial, so it is literally a millimeter from the particles. If you can walk down the street and the radiation is making that thing dial, I'm not joking. That entire city is dead. This is like Hiroshima. So that was like horrible science. But even then, maybe because like you were saying, Alan, I was a little tired of Laon. Then I'm like, y'all don't have time to be like kissing and crap like that where you're trying to stop the end of the world. So that's something, it didn't flow to me. It's you like got time for a road work. trip to Vermont. You've got time. <laughs> <to Vermont. laughs> it would have been less contrived if Pelia happened to have been in Toronto. <laughs> then yeah, like they did right. in Star Trek Picard when Guinan happened to be in LA. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, but I did like her performance. I like. I did too, and I like that they went back in time. And she's like, "I'm not an engineer. What are you talking about?" I, don't, I, did, I did too. Yes, that, that was, was kind of funny. Yeah, that was kind of funny, and I like her excuses even earlier about. Um, I'm still the jury's still out on what, whether I like the character a lot or not. But I thought it was funny, and she was basically like, "You know, you get bored, you'll be still in art too." I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was kind of funny. Like you live through every human human event, and and you live through every event in human history, you'll be doing the same stuff I am. Yeah. And then, like she right. said, the painting from the Louvre was fake. Like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I did feel like she was much more Carol Kane this week than the mm-hmm. first episode, which I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. And another thing that I find has been really interesting about this season so far is every episode has been only an A story. Mm-hmm. There's no B stories running concurrently with these things. So you're getting like a, a fuller story. Plus this episode yes. was 61 minutes. Yeah. It's a solid. Hour. Yeah. 
That was more than yeah. I could do on my lunch break today. Wow. Were you, were you late? <laughs> no, no. I watched 10 oh. minutes of it before I went to work. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Um, let's see. Kirk, this is Michael Phillips. Kirk must be one hell of a chess player to be able to afford that $400 a night presidential suite hotel room in Toronto. Well, the Kirk exactly. we know plays 3D chess against a Vulcan and wins. So right. he should be able to hustle people in the park at 2D chess. Uh, that <laughs> I liked a lot. But yeah, I agree. But how long does it take to hustle that much money? Because, wow, that's a lot of money. I don't know. I mean, I feel like $400 a night is, is a good price for that big old room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never stayed in a room like that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I did when we were in Cancun, but it was more than that. <laughs> yeah. Michael Phillips also says tritium only emits beta radiation, not gamma or neutron, but they never let it escape into the air. It's too valuable and it's too dangerous. And if you breathe it or ingest it, uh, I think I messed that sentence up. Epic science fail. Yeah, absolutely. The, I the, mean, the, the, yeah, agreed. The whole thing was contrived, especially when you've got a future gizmo that could just like, boop, 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 boop. oh, it's beeping. It wants us to go that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? And skip that whole 15 minutes. <laughs> right. I mean, you get to make up what this guy's gizmo does. It's from the future. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So where's Daniels when you need him? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it could that. have a hologram with information they could have read on it. Yeah. I, I also, thought it was I interesting. Mean, Sorry, go ahead, Alan. No, no. I've been okay, fine. Lot, so go for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So I, I'm, you've got Kirk. You found mm -hmm. a contrived way to feed Kirk into the storyline. I did like uh -huh. the the whole setup where uh, Laon goes to the bridge because she thinks that the message is go to the bridge, not the yeah. bridge. And yeah. all of a sudden, her her bridge crew is the same, but the captain is different. And I thought that was a really cool moment. But a why bring Kirk into this if it's in an alternate timeline, a, a, right. a different future? And B why bring him in if you're just gonna kill him? Absolutely. Two thirds it, of the way through the episode, it made no sense at all ah, because he's coming back. Because now Lieutenant Kirk well, will wind up on the ship. Though I, I know that I know that we'll still get another Kirk because we yeah. have to have one from our timeline because we still haven't had a Kirk from our timeline yet. True, that's true. But why? Why? Yeah. Why because does it they, have to be Kirk? Well, the same reason they have to have the whole thing with with Pike's destiny in the chair, and he knows know. about it. And Kirk's destined to be on the Enterprise. I know. They're big on that. I know. Yeah. They did have a line in this, though, that kind of went along with that. When they're like, well, you know, whenever you, know, you change history and history wants to correct itself. Um, which we kind of indicate, like, I mean, you go to any alternate timeline in Star Trek, and it's the same folks who are there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no matter how different the, the history is, you know, the same characters will be there. But I, I would I like mean, to see a whole episode set on that Earth, that, that alternate Earth, that has been destroyed by Romulans and, and, and Spock is on a ship. That's, you know, he's the captain of, and he's fighting yeah. Romulans and we need your help. And sorry, buddy, we're not going to, so I just that's think that's one, a, that was, that was my one complaint was Spock was there, mm -hmm. but there's no alliance with the, with earth and Vulcan. So oh. Spock wouldn't have existed yeah. because Spock's Good father point. wouldn't, Sarek wouldn't have gotten with Amanda. So why is Spock there? Ah, Dude, that's point. brilliant. I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't either. That was my Ooh. one complaint. I didn't, I had nothing to get her. <laughs> well, that's a biggie. And, <laughs> yeah. and that is, that is very well done. Yeah, that's a good one. Did Brock, not occur to me it. at all. 
I was too busy writing it. I can't stand Kirk on the show and Tritium doesn't work like this. I completely missed that. You could have written the Kirk thing last night and been ready. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, that's a good I never thought about that about Spock. Yeah. That's that's interesting. My so good this, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good buddy Ed Degree says that he needs Kirk to fund his Dragon Con room. Yes, please. Yeah, right. I would stay at a I mean, hotel. There, there's a park right next to the Dragon Con hotels where you can just play chess all day long. Start, start practicing. You got it. <laughs> uh, Ch- Charles, you were mentioning about the whole time travel thing. I thought it was very interesting. This is something Trek has been doing on and off. In this episode, they seem to go back to the old school definition of a single timeline that will be changed or reset itself instead of the multiverse where every time you do right. something, you know, you just shift into another universe. I thought that was very interesting because then they had the whole discussion where Kirk says, if I basically go along with you, I may not exist. And then later on, he says something to the effect of, I think I'd rather the universe you told me about exist than this one than I'm in. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, we kind of got that in um, in the next gen episode. Which one was it where they see all the different the like time fractures and they see parallels. all the different alternate. Yeah, thank you. Parallels. Mm. Um, I, I kept thinking Pegasus and I know that wasn't right. <laughs> um, and you see that one where Riker is like, Oh, you don't understand. It's so bad. <laughs> you know, That's a great one. <laughs> he shows up on the internet a lot. That picture. Right. Yeah. I hope you all enjoyed my impression of alternate Riker. That was good. That was good. I almost, I almost quickly grew a scraggly beard just to pull the whole look off. But, um, okay. So Michael Phillips says I would have loved to have seen Laon and Pelia go to the past and Pelia could have met her younger self. That would have been comedy gold and a good chance to develop the character. I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Sure. That would That's awesome. really cool. And, well, and Pelia could have navigated the world better too, having lived yes, there. And mm-hmm. that's true. And come on, Amanda Rose. Hi, Amanda says Spock wouldn't have been there. I miss that. And it's huge. It is. Good job, Veronica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Okay. <laughs> Dan Lecky says, I disagree. There are multiple timelines in this episode. Okay. Well, there's two. There's, well, see, there's La'an jumped into Kirk. La'an jumped into the alternate Kirk where Kirk was born on the USS Iowa. But Dan, that Kirk specifically said that if I help you, I will not exist and my timeline would not exist because she was trying to figure a way to bring him out of that timeline into her timeline. So they, I'm not saying that's the way it is, but they were speaking in this episode as if that timeline Mm -hmm. would disappear, not you know, not not form a multi-universe. Yeah. Right. right. That's the way the episode presented it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which I thought was very... It, so I, I'm going to ask real quick. I, I guess I'm... So this is what we're here saying. This was 21st century Toronto, right? That's where we right. were. So for some reason, it's because of the Temporal Cold War, the Romulans are attacking Earth even before we develop warp drive because they know... Because mm-hmm. that's that was our point, right? We're going to, humanity's going to become such a problem. Yeah. Well, they're taking us out before we become their enemy, right. basically. But wow. it, it looks like they're doing that by causing us to avoid our whole World War III time frame. Right. Which we don't go through that dark period and then emerge into the Federation and join with the Vulcans and everything. So right. I guess then the Romulans yeah. can attack and it's they're fighting the Vulcans, they're fighting the humans, and but we're not a we're not a alliance like we would be if we went through that and then met the Vulcans and basically disrupting our history. Right. 
You know, right. one thing and a couple alternate things have said, and I got to say personally, I don't agree with this, but I, it would be an interesting thing. It's because the Vulcans are logical and the Romulans are militaristic. People kind of sort of tend to think that the Romulans would take the Vulcans. I got to be honest, my money would be on the Vulcans in a war because lack of emotion does not mean lack of martial ability. And, you know, the Vulcans are like the Shaolin monks of legend. They train for everything. I can't imagine a whole race of people who throw their kids into the desert at age seven would fall to the Romulan Empire. I just, I think that'd be a hell of a battle. They, they were going to invade the Vulcans one time with those three dinky little ships. And you know, oh, they God. Them, so. <laughs> they're, 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 they're feeling confident about it, Keith. <laughs> I know. Um, what a horrible episode. Yeah. 2,000 troops. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Who Would Win? Yes. <laughs> now, I'll say I, I've liked every episode this season so far. And I like this Me episode. Too. I thought it was fun. This is probably my least too. favorite of the three so far. But Agreed. the first three episodes of last season, I I was way more into because they, they were too. going to new planets I'd never heard of. There was a little right. comet episode. There was new aliens I never heard of. Yeah. Um. And that's what I want to get back to. Let's go back to some strange new worlds, do some things that I've not heard of and are are out there in the universe. You know, let's let's right. get strange and new worlding. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and I think I agree with you, Charles. I don't dislike it. I could easily. This is not an episode I would skip. I could watch it again, no problem. But I do think, and I saw this online. After last week's episode, it felt like a huge letdown. Mm-hmm. Only because well, we yeah. were so prime, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Last week's episode was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, not every episode is gonna stack up to that. Right. Right. You right. know, so right. so hopefully right. next week will be Captain Pike on a strange new world. That's what I'm hoping for. Yes. yes. Need it. Not with Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan, where can people find more of you? Okay, well, if you want to hear more of my sexy, lovely voice, then I've got a couple of other podcasts for you. One is called Modern (laughs) Musicology. And we tried to do our 75th episode live this past Sunday, but storms in Atlanta knocked my power out until the next day. So we are going to be doing it this Sunday night. So tune in on our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. And I also have a Doctor Who podcast called Doctor Who A to Z. And our new episode comes out tomorrow morning. And how about you, Keith? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Primarily the ESO Network Facebook groups. How about us, Veronica? Feltnerdy.com. And? Monkeying around. Podcast about the monkeys. And do you have a closing for us this week? I saved you with a hot dog. Hey. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, I love it. (laughs) Kirk does that. (laughs) <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next Thursday night. Thanks for participating, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Earth Station Trek. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a positive rating. You can also send us feedback at earthstationtrek at gmail.com. You can join in the fun on our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. You can also visit us online at earthstationtrek.podbean.com. We'll see you next time. Live long and prosper. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.